0: Due to violent nature and disgusting content, listener discretion is advised.
1: Space. Time. Reality. Everyone has their concepts of these, but um, are they actually true? What if I told you that all those terms, all those concepts, are about as fluid as water? This anthology series contains stories that flow between them, like a wandering river between the mind, the body, and the soul. Boldly influenced by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. This is
0: Dark Charm Presents Season Premiere Episode 1 The Boogeyman.
1: Private Riley Cates was a soldier in the army, and never in a million years would she have thought that she would be stuck in a crude alcove in the gasp. An explosion caved in an alcove where she was trapped, and most likely would continue to be trapped until the firefight was over outside. Her unit that was with her were all dead. Comrades-in-arms who spent a lot of time with her were now gone. It disheartened her, but she had no time to mourn. Her own life was at stake. But she wasn't alone, though. Someone, or something, was with her. Whether it was a figment of her imagination or real, sitting in the opposite corner of the alcove was her worst nightmare as a child. He was an unclothed, giant blob with a grotesque sheen and long, bony fingers. His green hair was matted to his head in a greasy and grimy fashion, and his nose was big and pronounced with large, drippy nostrils. At least this is what she always felt that he looked like. Riley never actually saw this being, but here he was. She'd been afraid of this being all her life, at least until now. There seemed to be much worse to fear at the moment. She pointed her gloved hand at the boogeyman. Are
2: you actually fucking real?
3: The grimy villain shrugged. What do you think Riley? Maybe I don't have a gun in my hand, but I am as real as the next fear.
2: (laughs) I can't believe you are who you say you are. You mean to tell me that you're actually the boogeyman? The thing that's been stalking me since
1: I was a little girl? The boogeyman stuck one of his bony fingers into his nose and started digging around. He then pulled it out and wiped it on the ground. Mm, yeah,
3: yep. Fancy what frightened you as a nine-year-old and what frightens you now. The whole thing seems tedious now. Can't scare you like this has.
1: Riley shook her head in disgust.
2: I'm not afraid anymore, Boogeyman.
3: Hey, just call me Boogie, And nope, duh. Why would you? Being an adult sucks. Especially when you're dodging gunfire.
1: Riley pulled her helmet down around tight on her head as the sound of an explosion shook the alcove area. Her eyes scrunched together. When she opened them, the Boogeyman was still there. Sheesh,
3: I am a. Supernatural entity, and I'm scared.
2: Why I ever was afraid of you in the first place, I have no idea. You don't seem so bad. Why are kids
3: afraid of things? It's fear of the unknown, and your mind makes more of things than they actually are. You gave me this form, Riley. Personally, I think it was because you don't like icky things like me.
1: Boogie hocked a loogie and spit it in front of Riley. Her stomach, or what was left of its contents, revolted oh. on her as the smell of the loogie wafted to uh, 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 hey, you know that's stuff's
3: contagious.
2: Uh, uh, I gotta get out of here. Uh,
3: no kidding. But I don't think that there is an entrance right now for you to do that. She looked at the putrid figure in front of her.
2: What about you? Do you know a way out of here?
3: Do I? Am I real or a figment of your imagination? You're asking me for advice
1: now? Riley tried using her radio to communicate with her unit.
2: Sparrow to company leader, do you copy?
1: There was radio silence.
2: Sparrow to company leader, do you copy? I'm stuck in a caved-in alcove near Cabal. I need to get out, I need help out. Do you copy? Over.
3: (laughs) Sparrow, you're a bird now. I have news for you, girl, they can't hear you. They're fighting for their lives, Riley. Whether you like it or not, it's just you and me. Words
1: really stuck to Riley as she shook her head and picked up her assault rifle.
2: I think you're right. As much as I'm weary of saying this, I'm going to use you to my advantage instead of against me, Boogie Man.
1: Boogie pointed at her with his bony hand and smiled with his messed up, sharp teeth.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go, girl.
1: She stood up and looked around the alcove area. There wasn't much room to move, but at least there was a passageway where they could come through. She didn't know how long that would last. <laughs> I wouldn't go too far. What if there's a uh, further cave in?
3: Bombs don't have consciousness.
2: Why do you care? You can't haunt me when I'm dead, Boogie.
3: Oh, Riley, you wounded me. Contrary to what you think about me, my goal was never to see you dead.
2: You could have fooled me. You made it a habit of torturing me so much that I had to sleep with my mom and dad on a regular basis.
3: Made to pee in the bed. Don't forget that one. <laughs> I had rubber
2: sheets until I was 13. Scaring you.
3: A little isn't bad for kids. It teaches right, and wrong. It teaches children to cope with bigger things that come into our lives.
2: I was on anti-anxiety medication for three years. It was a miracle that the army even took me.
1: Bomb went off and rattled the alcove. Riley steadied herself as rocks and debris came down from the explosion, but not enough to cause further problems.
2: You know, like this.
1: Riley pointed the muzzle of her rifle at Boogie.
2: You mean to tell me that?
1: Hey, take that away from my face.
3: You can hurt
2: someone like that. I thought you were a figment of my imagination. I didn't think guns could hurt the Boogeyman.
3: If I'm afraid of bombs, I'm afraid of bullets too, lady. It's common sense you'd be surprised by the power of humanity and its ferocity when it gets really, really, really available.
2: You mean to say that scaring me was preparing me for this?
3: Life of a soldier has to start somewhere.
1: Boogie noticed something from behind Riley. Boogie looked through the hole. His eyes widened in excitement. Oh, oh, hey, hey,
3: that last tremor opened the tunnel on the other side of the alcove. Let's see if there's a way out.
1: He said as he walked toward the opening. The way he walked, as with every step, sounded like slime squelching between the pits of its toes. It was disgusting, but Riley didn't care at the moment. Riley knelt down next to Boogie as her skin seemed to crawl beneath her dirty and tattered uniform.
2: What do you see in there?
1: Boogie looked at Riley and walked through the small opening. Riley would have had to kneel to get through, but for Boogie it was just the right size. Several seconds later, Boogie came back. He sighed.
3: Sure, there's nothing to get from the cave to a large building, but you're not going to like what's in there.
2: Insurgents?
1: <laughs> no, Lime <laughs> She smacked Boogie on his shoulder, but jumped back as her hand was covered in greasy, grimy slime. Ew! <laughs> Should have kept your hand on yourself, lady. <laughs> It'll take a bit to get that off you. Now, what do you want to do? She paused and thought. She pulled her radio out once more.
2: Spare a company, leader. I have found a tunnel to another area of the building, but there are possible insurgents nearby. Awaiting orders. Over.
1: The radio was dead silent again.
2: Awaiting orders. Over. Spare it a raven. Spare it a condor. Anyone. Over.
1: The radio continued to hold a dead silence. Riley knelt on the floor and crawled through the tunnel. She ended up in a large museum-style building with a high roof. She could still hear the sounds of gunfire and explosions outside. Inside, she could hear the voices of several men talking in Pashto. She got out of the tunnel and hid behind a large part of the building that had already come crashing down on the floor. Boogie waddled behind her, but stood out in the Get open.
0: back here.
1: He turned back toward Riley and smiled. He mouthed to her,
3: I'll be okay. Let me take a look.
1: To the chagrin of Riley, Boogie waddled his way over to the men who were sitting on the tiled floor. It looked as though they were praying, from Riley's point of view. There were no prayer rugs, no overt showy chants like how she used to see on television. The men had no weapons. They weren't insurgents, as she knew them to be. These men were just Muslim men who were caught at the wrong place at the wrong time. They were terrified, and they were praying to Allah for their safety it showed Riley that deep down, even amidst the differences in cultures, humans were still human.
3: Hey! Hey! You want me to scare them?
2: I think that would be a grain of salt in the ocean, boogie. They're already scared. What would you do to make them even more so? So forget about it. You're not hurting anybody.
3: Are you sure there aren't insurgents?
2: Did you see anything with what...
3: Well, it doesn't mean anything Riley it's what's on the inside that makes them monsters
1: Riley had been hearing that rhetoric for years every right-wing soldier from the midwest or south seemed to have the same thing that all of these people were monsters terrorists these were the people that brought the twin towers down a monster like you i deserve that yeah needless to say they were bound to know Riley was there sooner or later So she decided that it was best to make herself known first.
2: Attention! Hands where I can see them!
1: The men stopped their prayer, stood up, lifted their hands into the air, and turned around slowly but steadily. The looks on their faces were of sheer horror. She walked up to them, but kept at a safe distance.
2: Do you speak English?
1: The men looked at each other and nodded. Yes, we know English.
2: No good,
1: but no. Riley broke out into a cold sweat. Are you okay? What do you think, madam? They didn't mean to reply the way they did. They wanted her to understand the fear that they were feeling as another explosion came crashing down into the area. <laughs> this time, it blew away the side of the building and sent rubble and debris crashing down. Luckily, the men were able to get away from the blast, but Riley was knocked unconscious from the debris. Even in her helmet, she couldn't stop being hit hard. Riley woke to find that it was pitch black outside. She didn't know how long she was out. She didn't know where she was, but it was clear that she was nowhere near home. She reached down her body to realize that her gear was stripped off from her, her clothes were gone except for her panties and sports bra, and there were the sounds of beeping and whirring behind her. She was in a med tent. A flap opened as another female soldier, a medic, came in to check on her She turned on the light, illuminating the makeshift room
0: Oh hey, you're awake! My name is Corporal Elise Gardner, I'm the medic nurse, how are you feeling today?
1: Riley didn't know how to answer that question, in fact, she couldn't
2: One moment, I was in a large, abandoned room, and then there was a cave-in, and uh, I don't even know how I got here
1: Corporal Gardner pulled out a medical chart and sat down next to Riley.
0: Your company leader heard your radio calls but couldn't respond without endangering everyone. After the firefight, your platoon went looking for you. They managed to find you with two Afghan men in a local museum. They said that they found you in the rubble and they brought you back to us.
1: Those men weren't terrorists. They were not insurgents. Riley might not have been their ideal of what a woman was or how a woman acted, but they at least had compassion. She smiled.
0: What happened after? What happened to me? You have some swelling from the cut in your head. You're pretty lucky. If your helmet wasn't there, you would have died instantly. You have some cuts and scrapes from the shrapnel, but you're looking good to us so far. Can... can I get some water? I think that should be okay.
1: The nurse made some notes in her chart and closed it. She picked up a pitcher and poured her a conical cup of water. She helped her sit up on the hospital cot and gave her water. Riley drank her fill with no issues.
0: Don't drink the water too fast, there's plenty of it. If you want some food, I can go and see if we have some soup on. If all goes well, in a day or so, we can transfer you to more solid food. Dr. Milburn doesn't think that solid foods are good right now. You might not have a concussion, but the swelling could bring problems later on. So we just wanna watch.
1: The soldier got up, turned out the lights, and left the tent after getting her reading. Riley closed her eyes, reclined her bed back into a more manageable position, and tried to rest once more. And heard a familiar voice. Yeah. Hey, I think you're going to be just fine. She opened her eyes and Boogie was standing in the dark. She knew this was a final goodbye. The Boogeyman was not needed any anymore.
2: For what it's worth, Boogeyman... You scared the living day like that, (laughs) me.
1: It's my job, but your courage was all you needed, and I'm glad that I could help with that. And with that last word, Boogie disappeared, never for Riley to see again. Riley was able to recover, although she was unable to leave the horrors of war. She was back out with her unit a week later, serving her country.
0: The cast you heard... Gatekeeper Emeritus, played by Dan Mack McCloskey. Riley Cates, played by Stacy Atwell. The Boogeyman, played by Miguel Pedroza; Muslim Man, played by Ferd Berthold. And Corporal Police Gardner, played by Samantha Higgins. Special effects by ZapsBlack.com. Dark Charm Media. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.